Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the breakthrough success coach and your powerful presence mentor. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the exponential success coach. Today, I almost said like that like a question, the exponential success coach. No, it's coach. I am here for you. Uh, and as your podcast host, I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Danielle Matthews. Um, a little while ago, well, it's more than a few years, but not that long still. Uh, twenty When she was 23, she was in a horrible, horrible car accident, and um, she calls this being crashed awake. And so I, I want to dive into what that means, because since that time, she's been on a healing journey, and she brings that knowledge and wisdom of her recovery to us. Danielle, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on here. Cool. Um, good to have you. Seriously, the crashed awake thing like what happened and um like talk a little bit about your story and talk a little bit about what you're doing now well prior to my accident just to paint the picture I was I don't know normal 23 year old kid I had had a pretty good upbringing went to a great college got a degree in biology I went to University of Virginia um I had out of school I'd wanted to go to grad school but I took a little break and did Teach for America. So I was teaching in a low-income area out in Colorado and uh, gave two years to that, was home for the summer, uh, spending time with friends and family, and was out seven o'clock in the morning. I had just been in Baltimore the night before for a friend's birthday and uh, was meeting my parents for a wedding. And a, a guy had been out drinking the night before, uh, passed out while driving his car and hit my car head on. And so I found myself all of a sudden, I say crashed awake because it was like the world I had known stopped and it woke me up to a very different perspective, uh, a very different version of myself, uh, a very different path that I ultimately took. You know, the day of the accident, I didn't have these epiphanies, okay? No. <laughs> but, you know, in the in the months and years that followed, uh, it has, and, you know, there's a lot to get in there, but... Where I am today, you know, fast forward 10 years, I have gone into business and have been able to create an impact around the world um, because I found a health technology that allowed me to recover from my brain injury that doctors said I wouldn't do any further healing from after a year. And so I believe things are put in our path for a reason and we can use them, transmute them into something positive. And I know that the path I walked down uh, awakened me to so much. And now I really feel like I want to be this beacon of light out there for other people to wake them up and show them what's within them too. I mean, that's fabulous. You know, a lot of times what happens is there's some traumatic incident that makes people realize that their life is more than what it was and right and so for you it didn't like it was a car crash for our audience it's like it doesn't have to be massive traumatic trauma it doesn't there's nothing that has to be massively traumatic for you to say to yourself i do know i'm bigger than the life i am currently living and the other part of that is that well there's a there's a health path 
there's an intuitive path. Um, you know, some of my guests I just did a podcast recently where where it's like, well, if you're not spiritual, um, you know, maybe I've turned you off. And it's like, well, you know, my world is one of acceptance. So whatever, whatever you believe is what you believe, that's awesome. So let's take a look at let's take a look at your path and you know what was what was the path of recovery? I mean, at 23 life looks big and and full of potential and then that all gets turned upside down and the, and your prognosis isn't good so what happened let's talk about that yeah so after the accident i my body was fine you know i walked away and we thought i was okay but i i kept saying to the paramedics and even the urgent care you know i feel a little out of it and they kept saying to me it's shock you know, it'll wear off. Well, in the days that followed, it didn't wear off. And it became very clear that something was wrong with me. I couldn't handle input from light or noise. I couldn't focus for more than 10 minutes at a time. I was feeling incredibly dizzy. I had migraines and my personality had shifted entirely. Hmm. And the medical community uh, didn't offer much. They said, you know, this should, you know, kind of pass in about a month. And I went back to work trying to, you know, push past it as best I could. And it was very clear, very quickly, I couldn't do that. So I ended up losing my job um, and going back home to live with my parents because at the age of 23, I did not have a plan B in place, which I don't think most people do. Um, but I, I then was on a path of trying to find answers. And you know, my doctors were saying to me, all right, maybe it's going to take three months. Then they said six months. And then at my one-year appointment, my neurologist literally said to me, Danielle, with this type of injury, your body's done the healing that it's going to do. And this is just your new normal. And you need to shape your life around your symptoms. And I remember sitting in his office and I call it my higher self, you know, my intuition Yes. said, you're fired, fire him. That's not going to be your reality, Danielle. And so I left there, not sure what I was going to do, but at that point, I was incredibly depressed. I had been having panic attacks almost daily, just full-blown anxiety because I didn't know like what my next hour was going to look like. I never knew how I was going to feel. So I didn't know what I could do. And you know, I'm watching friends of mine go on to graduate school, you know, become doctors, they're going to Yale, Harvard, getting business degrees. I mean, I, I had an incredible group of friends and all performing well, right? Societal metrics of doing well. And here I am, I can't even look at the computer for more than 10 minutes. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do? And I've always been a very high performer, high achiever, whether it was sports or school. And that version of me couldn't exist with these limitations. And it caused me, did you know this? Like this was essentially cognitive dissonance. Like this is who I knew I was, but this is who I am now, but I don't want to be who I am now. Right. So it's, you're in this tug of war with yourself. So I have that question about cognitive dissonance. Also, did you have impulse control? Like, did you find yourself just wanting to go off and do things? I, I had impulse control as far as like my actions, uh, but not my thoughts. Like there was no filter. <laughs> so yeah. uh, you knew what I was thinking and it was very difficult because it was just so much for me to, to have a conversation with somebody. 
I was taking in so much all at the same time that if they weren't clear or what I would, I would be very direct, you know, and then cut it off. Cause I just, I couldn't physically handle it. And so it's a very different version of myself. And I didn't like that, but I also, you know, you get to a point where just like, it was so uncomfortable to be in my body that I just, I had to control my surroundings as best I could. And the, the cognitive dissonance and, and that question, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize a lot of things in hindsight, I've been able to connect dots or see what was going on, but I honestly felt like a small child that had been dropped in the woods by herself. There was no one to guide me through it. There was no one to give advice to say, look at it this way or look at it that way. I had a lot of people around me, don't get me wrong, but they they didn't get it. You know what I mean? And they wanted yeah. to help, but they also kind of felt sorry for me. And so that didn't feel good either. And I didn't I didn't want that emotion. You know, that wasn't yeah. a helpful emotion. <laughs> the, the, the balance of pity with, would you just get over it? Get better already. Like what's mm-hmm. taking you so long, right? So yep. being being blamed for your for for your recovery, you had a what sounds like a frontal lobe trauma. Um, I did. Right. So basically that's the like that's what you've described. And so um that's why I asked about impulse control also. The uh, you know, there was a period of time where I worked with schizophrenics. Um, I actually ran a locked psychiatric unit. And one of the things that I came to realize was that the filter for input wasn't necessarily there. And so it's like uh, you know, the the buzz of the lights, the temperature, the way your shoes fit, how you're sitting, um, the breath you took, the the clothes, the colors, the everything is all coming in all at once and it's all happening and you're hearing and feeling and seeing and sensing. And so with all of that input, at what point do you go stop? Like just stop. Right. And and so for you. Um, that caused you to lose your job, <laughs> like, right? Like you're not able to handle all the input and you become very clear about what you need from others and that direct being that direct, uh, doesn't necessarily work in a, in the, a social and or work environment. So no, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really work in a family environment either. My parents, no. God bless them. <laughs> they put up with a lot. But it's uh, you described that perfectly. It felt like, you know, it felt like someone was shining a flashlight in my eye if it was just natural light. Like that's everything just came in with no filter. And so to follow a conversation or to, you know, be part like going to the grocery store was oh. the most overwhelming experience. The number of colors and smells and the noises and the people. Yeah. I would have to go nap for three hours you know, after doing that. And so it was just to think about being able to live on my own again or like have independence again was incredibly difficult. And I'm so grateful because my mom offered to me uh, a yoga nidra, which is, it means yogic sleep. It's a guided meditation, just a type of meditation. And she did it because she knew that it helped the brain waves to kind of drop down and to relax and to get you into the space where you can sleep because I also couldn't sleep. I would be alert every three hours. Say that again. Is it theta that you? Uh, It drops you into delta, actually. Delta. Okay. So delta. Okay. Delta. And then, and then delta brainwave, uh, deep sleep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Good deal. It's mimics like the yogis. They're amazing. I mean, they did this before we had the knowledge of, you know, calling it whatever wavelengths, but I'm they sorry. knew that the body got into this meditative state before it dropped out to sleep. Like it's the space where the thoughts are drifting away, but you're not quite asleep yet. Like that's the meditative space. And so much can happen in that space. And so they designed, you know, these breath and um, awareness techniques to kind of walk you through into that state. And the first time my mom delivered it to me, I slept. And I went to sleep for the whole night. Mm. And I said to her, I said, you got to record that <laughs> because I want to be able to do that each and every night. And then I started to play around with it where like, if I felt a migraine coming on, like I always had some low level head pulsing or, you know, tightness, whatever it was. But sometimes it, I knew like a real big one was coming. I'd go into a dark room and I would do this yoga nidra and it would stop the migraine from getting full blown. And unbeknownst to myself, you know, I started to meditate every day, which is an amazing routine that I continue to this day, but I was rewiring my brain and I was creating this space inside of me where like my depression and my anxiety started to lift and I was finding peace. And it was fascinating for me because I'm having this experience of almost like tapping into something beyond me. Mm -hmm. uh, the best analogy I can give to people is you look at the weather and so many times we're identified with the weather. Oh, it's raining. It's snowing, right? There's a hurricane. I live in Florida. Mm -hmm. You forget that the sky is always there. It's like this omnipresent backdrop that's non-judgmental, that's all allowing, all loving. It just allows whatever to be there to be there. But, you know, it's the same with us with our thoughts. Like we have these thoughts that those are the weather patterns and they're coming in and out and we get so identified with them and we allow them to pull us all over the place. And that's what I had allowed up to that point in my life. You know, I had allowed my, my mind and my thoughts to drag me all over into wild scenarios. And when I meditated, it was like, Oh, Oh, I don't have to engage with the storm, right? I can just witness the storm. And oh, I'm that interesting. Wonder, you know, that's just blah, blah, blah about whatever. But I wasn't engaged with it. And that set me up for so much. When I say I like crashed awake, this is the awakening I talk about because I was accessing a part to me that was my higher self, that is the actual me, you know, that's not identified with all the things Danielle was or the thoughts in Danielle's head. And that, that was everything. And that's what allowed me to turn, you know, my whole recovery around. Amazing. I definitely want to jump in here uh, and highlight some of the things you said. Um, you didn't exactly say it this way. And the term I would use is just notice, right? Part of meditation is just notice. And most people think that meditation is about, I have to make my mind completely blank. Um, and it's it's never that. It's just notice and let it go. Don't engage. Um, the idea, you know, I talk with people who have various feelings um, from depression to rage to uh, self-loathing to, to striving. And it's like, look, it feels foggy now, but recognize the it's not foggy around the world. The fog will burn off. It is sunny somewhere. And so if you keep in mind that the fog is transient, you will find that sunny sky that you're looking for. And I'm not saying jolly yourself out of it, just notice. And so that's exactly what you're talking about when you talk about doing the meditation is don't engage. It's so this it's cloudy. So it's rainy. So it's sunny. Just 
notice your environment, notice your thoughts, notice your feelings. Um, and then from there you get to choose. Right. And that's, that is your road to recovery, right? Was the, well, if I'm noticing this, what more, what is the thing that I want to bring more of into my life? Exactly. And, you know, I started to, it wasn't just with, you know, the accident. It was, it was almost like every interaction. Like I was noticing patterns of things that would get triggered inside of me with talking to family members, friends, seeing something, you know, that was playing out on the political stage and I thought, well, isn't this interesting that I'm allowing this uncomfortable feeling in my own body? Like I'm I'm deciding <laughs> to be triggered by, be angry about, you know, to, to think it's not right. And like, it's making me miserable. It's not changing the external world. It's just currently making my reality miserable. And there's this equation that I love that I think about everything now within this context. You know, you've got the external world plus your internal response. And that equals your reality. And so I started to realize, oh my God, I have a choice. <laughs> and that was the most empowering thing because I had felt like a victim for so much in life, but most prevalent, right, was this accident. I'd been hit. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I had a brain injury. Nothing could be done about it. You know, I everyone would say, oh yeah, she was a victim. Well, when you're a victim, you give your power away to the external situation. And, you know, my internal response was, oh, it's not fair. Why did this happen to me? You know, I was angry. And so my reality was terrible. But as I was meditating and I was realizing like, oh, I'm not my thoughts. Like there's something beyond this. And like, wow, could I actually choose to have different thoughts? And maybe I've replaced this with a different interaction. And I realized, yeah, my internal response could shift. And I could decide how I wanted to interact, how I wanted to react. And so I just started working on me and I learned to lead my own mind. And I learned to get absolutely fascinated by my reactions because now I know, and I want everyone else to know this, the world is triggering you to teach you. The obstacles are happening to show you something within you saying like, Hey, like I talk about this in my book. It's like, you're looking through a lens. Like you have sunglasses on and that lens is not serving you. And the situation is trying to trigger your awareness that you're wearing those sunglasses, like this lens of, oh, I'm not lovable or I'm not worthy or, you know, no one listens to me or whatever your lens is. So you're looking at every situation through that lens. And so your reality continues to like give the same experience, you know, but that's within you. <laughs> and I hope people are following this train of thought because it's like when you get it, you get it. And it then yeah. like, you've got power over everything and you can start to release this stuff because so many of these lenses are things from our past, you know, and they're not serving us. And we're constantly given the opportunity to release them, to recognize what they are, realize they're not serving you and release it. So then you can decide how you want to interact and be. So and good. This is yeah. so good. I want to pause you here for a second. Cause you've, you've dropped a ton of gold here and, it's, I don't even know if I can recapture all of it for bullet points. Um, external world plus internal response, which you have a choice over, gives you your reality, your personal reality. So if you're not liking kind of how your, how your life is feeling, you have to look at how you're responding to what you're seeing in your life. And I think that's, that's huge. I am not my thoughts is a big, it's a big concept. 
And I wanted to point that out that uh, just because you think something that's based on, again, you were talking about your past. Um, it's based on your past and it's based on what you were taught to think. And your past isn't bad. You have the past, you're as old as you've ever been, right? So something about your past allowed you to survive to this point. So that's pretty good. It may not serve you now, and it may not serve you in the future. So now you have a choice about whether to hold on to those thoughts or whether to change them so that you can become a different version of yourself, bigger, better, stronger, uh, having more clarity, all of those things. So I am not my thoughts. Uh, I can choose how to react, and I can choose to lead my own mind. Huge, right? That, like, if you, if, I think if everything else about this interview, about this podcast dropped away, if that one sentence remained, I can choose to lead my own mind. And, and even I do choose to lead my own mind, right? That's super empowering. And just remember that, like say that over and over again, I choose to lead my own mind. Good. Where am I going to choose to lead it? Right. And then, and then you get to live into something that's bigger and bolder. So I love this. I, lo I love your story. I love everything about where you're taking us. Uh, so keep taking us. <laughs> I'm happy to, uh, you know, here's, it's, it's interesting. Like I said, I, I'm looking back, I can see the things that I tapped into and I have deeper understanding. And when I shifted my inner world, I shifted my vibration. Okay. And some people understand that some people don't every emotion holds a vibration, anger and fear. It's a very low vibration. You can feel it when you walk into a room and then, you know, you feel people that are joyful and happy and living in a space of gratitude and love. You feel that too. It's a vibration that you hold. And so many people talk about the law of attraction, but that's secondary. The primary is the law of vibration saying the vibration that you hold is what you will attract in it. Like will come to like. And when I shifted my inner world, I totally shifted my vibration unconsciously. Like I didn't know what I was doing. And we got a phone call from an acupuncturist about a breakthrough health technology. She said it stimulates cellular repair, helps your body to find out where you have damage and repair like you did when you were young. And she was convinced it would pass the blood brain barrier. And it's like, oh my gosh, looking back, I can go, holy cow, I shifted my inner world and it changed my external environment. So literally the answer to what I needed came to me. And I think about this all the time, any challenge, the antidote is in the obstacle. I had to learn to master my mind. I had to learn to, to, to control my thoughts. I had to learn to lead myself. And then it was like, you know, okay, you're ready for the next level of your life. That was the lesson you had to learn. And if I hadn't learned it, I would probably still have the brain injury and be dealing with all the things. But it's like, I, I grew through it. I, I took the challenge and I said, okay, I've got to become more. And when I did that, my world changed. And it's so fascinating because, and this is like, you know, I, I dive deeper into this, into the ebook, but the last piece of the ebook is about creation because you get to create your world from the inside out. <laughs> and I stumbled into it. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. But as I reflected back, I went, oh my gosh. And now with that knowledge, I'm very intentional 
with what I'm creating and the space, the energy that I hold within me of who I am, and then it gets drawn to me. It's a fascinating space to be. It's a pace, it's a space of empowerment. It's a space of, you know, being able to like we think the external world we can't control. And like there's nuance here, right? There's things that are out of your control, of course. But when you master your world, you are going to bring situations, scenarios, people into you. I mean, it is like I just look in awe now at what unfolds in my life. And it's like you think you're watching a movie. <laughs> you know, just true. how it's it all true. unfolds. But like, well, I'm the main character in my movie and it's, I'm going to make it a great movie. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I am hoping that every listener and viewer is able to echo that I'm the main character in my movie. I'm going to make it a great movie. Um, You get to, um, uh, you get to create your world from the inside out. And that is, that is huge. I was looking down at my notes. I scribbled them so bad. It was like, I want to capture this. That's huge. You are listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell. You know you are bigger than the life you are leading. It really is time to attend to that thing you've wanted to do or have, but you've been putting off. It's time to step into that dream you've parked for someday. It's time to claim true well-being, both personally and professionally, without giving up the success that got you here. It's time to check out Dr. Purnell's signature small group retreat, the Exponential Success Summit. Explore ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. Seats are extremely limited as this is a very special small group event. www.ExponentialSuccessSummit.com. I want to uh, I want to focus here for a second because I think for those of us that have done it it's like of course you you know once you get through the barrier it's like oh dang you know like of course it's not it's it's like it doesn't have to be a struggle or a suffering or any of that and and so f- most of our audience I think is still in a place of well it is a struggle now st- Struggle's not a bad thing. Um, struggle makes you stronger. Suffer is a choice. Struggle is the growth space that you're in. And so really to break through that struggle is to look at, at asking different questions, right? And so you're nodding, right? So it's, um, uh, here's here's the thing is that I'll say another couple of things and then turn it back to you, Danielle. The, the idea is that those that are in a dark space tend to keep their head down and wonder why they're in a dark space instead of looking up and really exploring the space that's both dark and light. Cause if there's darkness, there's also like, the law of polarity says it's there. Like the answer is there. So if it feels dark, there also has to be light. If it feels like 
you're in this space where it's horrible, there also has to be greatness. So start asking different questions like, where is it? <laughs> like, sh- what do I need to do to, to access the greatness? Um, and you're, you're, you know, for those, uh, <laughs> for our audience members, I appreciate that you're sitting there, you're, you're nodding, you're smiling. So, so back to you, Danielle, to, to, uh, <laughs> to explain that even further or take us on your journey even further. Yeah. There's a question that I love to ask and it is, what is this challenge making possible? Mm. Because, you know, I look at life now as a game. And you wouldn't play a game if you knew you're going to win, right? What would be the point? You sit down and play a board game or whatever. If you knew you're going to win, where's the fun in that? The fun comes from the struggle. The fun comes from the challenges. The fun comes from going, oh man, like I need to get creative. I've got to pull something different out of me. Like I need to, to, to figure out what resources I have around me so that I can overcome this, so that I can win. In life to me, Winning is joy. Winning is being able to be happy. And I was at a choice point. I mean, I say I felt like I was a child dropped in the woods by myself. I honestly didn't want to be here. Like it was not a fun space to be in. I felt awful. I thought I lost the, you know, who I was, right? It was like I died. It sounds dramatic. I mean, I know I was here, but like that version of Danielle died. And it was like, well, who am I? And what would I even want to do? And, you know, is it even worth it? Like being on this earth with this amount of pain that's in my body and something within me just like made this decision. Like, yes, you're going to find joy. Yes. Go find happiness. Yes. Look at this as a challenge. That's going to push you to do something differently. Look at life differently. And, you know, I started to, I started to do things I'd never done before. Like I could draw. I am like what they would say is left brain, (laughs) science, math, like that was me. And I thought, well, I can like sit in a dimly lit room and I can like draw something. Stuff came out of me. There's, I'm not a great like artist or anything. I'm not saying that that's what became, but like stuff came out of me that was really interesting. And I had a lot of fun doing it. And it was just like, I allowed myself to be creative for no reason. And everything else in my life, there'd always been a reason for it. It was like, no, you have to do this. You have to achieve X. And it was all about where I was going. And I was never enjoying the moment. And this forced me so present. I had to literally just enjoy whatever was in front of me. Like, oh, look how the colors are blending together. Like, look how beautiful this is. And I'd look outside at, you know, the sunset. Oh, can I make that color arrangement? Like I was just so, because of circumstance, because of my brain injury, because I literally wasn't able to plan a future, I had to sit in the present moment. And it was the biggest blessing that's ever occurred to me in my entire life because the present is everything. And it is so beautiful and so wonderful. And we miss it. We miss it because of all the BS in our head, because of what our ego has to say, because of those sunglasses we were talking about. We absolutely miss the present moment. And I feel so grateful that I've been able to carry that into everything I do. So I am very present when I'm with somebody. All I see is them. I'm not, my mind's not chattering, nothing. And if it is going, I say, you can go over here. (laughs) You know, you can talk over here. I'm not listening. And That has allowed me to connect with people on a deeper level. It has allowed me to appreciate life. I don't miss things. 
You know, like I used to like opportunities would pass by life was always passing by. And I, it's like, I had blinders on Mm. now. It's like, I'm here. I see what's going on in the present. I make decisions differently. Like I'm like witnessing life in a very different way. And it's something that I, I want everyone to access that, like the power of the present moment. And now I realize, like we were just talking about, we create our future in the present. (laughs) Okay. You know, I had a friend, the way she described this to me, she said, you know, it's as if the, the present moment is like the tree that's creating the fruit. All right. And that energy that you're in, in the present moment creates a fruit that's at that vibration, that frequency, that fruit drops down, the seeds go into the earth and a new tree comes. And she said, if you shift the present moment, you shift the type of fruit that comes out of the tree. So then when it drops down, the new tree comes up holding that new vibration, that new identity of you. And so in the present moment, if you're being who you want to be, and you're holding the space of what you're wanting to create, like it is inevitable that it will show up. And it's, I get amazed by this time and time again, like, it's like you're tugging, you know, on this rope and the universe just, it just starts to come to you and it comes in divine timing, right? You're not in charge of when it happens or how it shows up, but when you're present and you're doing what you can do in the moment, I mean, it takes care of itself. So I'm a, I'm a fan of specifics and clarity. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. And, you know, one of the things I will joke with my clients, for example, when they're, when they're like, you know, I will say, you know, talk about a few of the things that you want in your life. And sometimes the answer is, well, I want more money. And, and it's like, that's great. So, I mean, today I, you know, parked in a parking slot and I, I looked down and, you know, when I got out of my car and there was a dime on the, on the ground and, I have more money. And it's like, but that's not what I'm talking about. You asked to be open to receiving more money, right? So, so when you're talking in specifics, it's like, well, I want a position where I'm impacting a certain number of people and I'm being remunerated in a certain way. And that's what I'm talking about when I say more money. It's like, awesome. Now you open to that. Now that's available to you. So um, I'm just, a, I'm a huge fan of like, that's how you, like one of the things I'm going to ask you is how do you stop the chatter? One way is get really specific about what you want. That's That creates a filter for what's in and what's out. Right. So talk a little bit about that. How do you stop the chatter? Because it's really easy to get to a place of, well, this is what I don't have. And this is what I don't have. And, and the vibe is one of lack. It's an inventory of what's not versus an inventory of, again, law of polarity. What is what's present, what's available. So a couple things. One, I want to talk about the reticular activator, but I'll come back. Perfect. The RAS. (laughs) I'm a fan. Good. Uh, But to answer about like how to quiet your mind, because this is, this is huge for me. I, up to the the day of my accident, my mind was always going. I mean, I was the one that was just like, I was thinking about what I had just done. I was thinking about where I was going. I mean, my mind was constant. I believe Uh, even when I was talking to somebody was, well, what was I going to say? You know, what am I going to say when they stopped talking? Like I wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) like I said, the accident, I was forced into the present moment. And I, then I was forced into listening to my thoughts. And then it was like, I don't really want to be with these guys. (laughs) Let's see if we can quiet them down. 
And, you know, meditation, as I shared, allowed me to access, you know, that space beyond my thoughts, but call it meditation in motion. I day to day, hour by hour, minute by minute, I try to keep my mind as quiet as possible and to just show up so fully to do the task that's in front of me, to be with the person in front of me, to answer the emails, like, you know, some of the mundane stuff too. I try to keep my mind as still and quiet as possible because when my mind is still, it's amazing. Like that intuition, it comes through, like stuff comes through me that I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? And when the, the mind's chatty, you miss it. You miss these intuitive hits. You know, people say it's God speaking to them. People say it's their higher self, people, whatever, whatever it is for you. I don't care. All I know is it's there. And I had missed it in my life before because I wasn't, I wasn't self-aware and I didn't realize, oh, you know, there, there is something that speaks to me in a different way than my thoughts do. And you can like, I still, to this day, I mean, it's not like I've mastered this entirely. Like there's still times where I'm like, is that my intuition or is that my mind? <laughs> you, know, like, right. you know, what's what, and how do I decipher? Uh, but, but well, to answer that, it's also like the mind usually comes from fear-based. So if the thought is fear-based, I know that's usually my ego and it's my mind. And when it's not fear-based, I know that's usually my heart is my intuition so that's a really helpful kind of distinction. And again, this is something that I'm really trying to fine tune myself now. But the thing I wanted to go back to is the reticular activator, because you have so much coming into your mind. And I, when I had my brain injury, I couldn't, you know, siphon it out. So it was all coming in and it is overwhelming. <laughs> so we have this beautiful thing built into our brain called the reticular activator that self-sorts and it only sends certain things to your conscious mind to make you consciously aware of it and sends the rest elsewhere. And what you, I mean, most people, right? The, the example everybody uses, you go to buy a car. I bought a Jeep. I see Jeeps everywhere now because I spent so much time looking up Jeeps that my brain went, my reticular activator said, this is an important thing to this woman. <laughs> We're always going to send her information about Jeeps when we find it and when we pick it up in the environment. So I think about when my doctor told me this is your new normal. And for those of you listening, if you've ever been told that what you have is chronic, there's nothing you can do. If you accept that, your reticular activator is now going to push away possible things that would actually help you heal because you've committed to this idea that, oh, it's chronic. Oh, this is just how it is. And so you're going to miss the stuff that is literally coming into your world all the time that could potentially help your body to heal. But if you stay, no, I'm going to stay open and patient. And I'm going to, I'm open and patient to what's going to help me heal and what's out there. Like, this is just one example. Now the mind, the reticular activator is going to say, well, is this it? <laughs> Maybe this is it. Maybe this is it. And it's going to start tossing things in front of you. You know, you're going to overhear something on the radio or the couple sitting next to you at a restaurant, right? Like these things are going to come. An example, I, I moved to Colorado and I was looking for a place to stay just like a temporary kind of while I figured out what, where I wanted to live in the city. And I was at a networking event and I stood up and I, you know, talked about my business. And then I said, Hey, by the way, if anybody has like a roommate situation for a few months, let me know. Somebody at another table came over to me at the end of the meeting and said, we're looking for a roommate, a four month lease. It's right here in town, blah, blah, blah. Perfect setup. Well, their reticular activator was so fine tuned for needing a roommate, you know, other people in the restaurant totally ignored what we were saying over there. It's a business meeting. 
they were so tuned in that their brain let that in. And I was able, you know, to, to utilize that connection. So we're so powerful and our thoughts are so powerful. Like you have got to, again, learn to lead yourself, learn to figure out, you know, what you're wanting to create because your brain's going to allow those things to come in and you you won't miss them. I loving, I, I am loving all of this. I love this so much because, you know, reticular activating system is about filtering for a certain thing. And there are people that live their lives as, as victims. And, and it's like, yeah, see, they did it again. See that person, see that person is out to get me. That person took advantage of me uh, versus people who live their lives as, uh, as successive, successful and, um, and <laughs> full of wonder and ready for, for greater and greater opportunity where they go, oh, this person, you know, they responded this way. Um, I chose not to engage. Right. It's like, because both are out there, right. It's out there. You've got all of it. And so what do you, you know, you, my, my saying is you get, well, and maybe I picked it up along the way, who knows how that works. Uh, You get more of what you focus on. So, right. And, and it's, it's, there's studies on target focus and, you know, race car drivers that are going 200 miles an hour plus are trained never to look at the wall. You keep your eye on the track. If you look at the wall for a split second, you're going into that wall for that split second. And um, and motorcycle uh, riders are trained not to look at the at the tail lights of the cars in either lane next to them because they'll drift. Right. So you you your target. What's your target focus? That's you training your reticular activating system. Right. And so, what is your target focus? Be deliberate about that. I think that's huge. Um, what are you looking for? What are you, what are you seeing? And actually then deliberately, what are you filtering for? What are you filtering in and what are you filtering out and be super deliberate about that, which brings us back to the meditation, which is just notice you choose what you engage in, which then bounces us to your future, like what you're working on now and where you're headed um, you know, you've got some technology I know that you want to talk about, the Redox stuff. And, um, you know, in the next few minutes, why don't you wander us through that? Yeah, I, I'd be happy to. So as I mentioned briefly at the beginning, you know, I found this technology that helped my body to repair. And it was because I got into the right vibration so I could literally attract in the answer to my uh, my issues where, you know, doctors had said there there was nothing that I could do. and uh, just to give you guys some insight into it, it's redox signaling. These are productants and oxidants. It's it's electron transfer. If we're going to go to back to biology, right, for a little bit. And this is how every cell in your body communicates. And you make a lot of these molecules when you're young, so the communication is very strong. But as we get older, we make less. And so our, bo- our body's ability to find damage and repair it, it kind of goes down. And you know, this acupuncturist, when she called my family, she said, every client in my practice is having results, all of them different. Some, it seems to be repairing hormones. Some, it seems to be their digestive system. And obviously, eventually for me, it was my nervous system. It was my brain. And when that all happened, like life is so uniquely preparing us for the next step. I had gotten a degree in biology. So when I went, well, what in the heck is this stuff? Like, how did it actually do what it just did for my body? You know, the impossible. And I started to learn what it was. It all clicked. 
And, you know, I had been a teacher for two years before my accident and I had learned how to educate. I had learned how to connect with people. And I thought, wow, I am so uniquely positioned to help bring this breakthrough. I have no other word for it, but a breakthrough uh, to market. And the funny part is though, and I, you know, things come in packages we don't expect. And when we have expectations, we can miss things. So here I am looking for how do I want to show up in life differently? And I want to have more purpose and I don't want to go back to a nine to five and I want flexibility. And, you know, I've had this experience with this technology, but they're, it's being sold through network marketing. And my mom said, Danielle, you should align with the company, you know? And I said, mom, that's a sleazy thing. It's a sleazy industry. Like I'm better than that. (laughs) And uh, I don't want to be a part of that. And she looked at me and she said, even after all that's done for you, and I kind of stopped. She said, Danielle, if you don't share it, who else is going to share it? Like, how are someone going to, how is someone going to know? And she said, why don't you just meet the company? Like withhold judgment for a minute, go be open and go meet these people. And I did. And I was blown away. Like the only reason they were in network marketing was because a pharma company tried to buy them and shelf them. And these guys had enough integrity to not do that. And I thought, okay, Danielle, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and very humbling, right? Life is humbles me often. And I thought, all right, uh, let me let me take all the skills that I've learned up to this point in life and let me help bring this forward. And so that was a decision I made eight years ago. And it has been a wild journey, <laughs> you know, helping others learn about this, helping people with their health, watching people overcome things that like myself, you know, doctor said was impossible to kind of break through. And also just connecting with like-minded spirits around the world. Uh, I am so hopeful for the future. I know even going through like what we just went through with the pandemic, I was connected with people that went, wow, this is like, this is the time when people are going to wake up and start asking different questions about their health. How can I keep my immune system strong? You know, what can I do? What's in my control, right? Rather than again, like this whole conversation about being victim with your health guys, it's the same thing. Like there's so much within your power. And I don't know, we, my grandfather was a doctor. And so even when I was little, it was like, well, I gave the power to him because he was the doctor he knew. And I'll tell you what, after my accident, it was this realization that no, you have to be your own advocate. You know, your body better than anybody else does. And there are specialists for sure that can help guide or diagnose or, you know, give you the best treatments out there. But there's also a lot they don't know. And, you know, there's new things coming out all the time. And so I've just, again, I stay in this space of fascination. You know, I've, I've gotten to help thousands of people. And I I look at my life sometimes and I go, man, how do we get here? And where am I going? Like, that is the exciting thing. Like, well, this all uniquely prepared me now for the next phase. And what that looks like, I think a full book is probably going to come out. I think, you know, more speaking and sharing the message we shared today, because this is really my passion. Like, this is where my soul gets excited, where, you know, I can help someone become more during this human journey and they're going to be better at their work as in a relationship in all the aspects. But, you know, the, the work I do with SIA is the name of the technology, the work I do with them. I know that'll always be part of me. And I know when someone has their health, then they can show up fully. (laughs) And if you don't have your health, it's dragging you down. Like health is wealth, you know, that, that whole saying. So that's, um, little bit. We'll see. We'll see what unfolds. That's awesome. I I, I want to, uh, I have lots of comments based on what you said. The, um, you know, I have a, uh, actually I have a post-it on my desk that says desire and expectation. And 
it's really about that's the focus for me for my reticular activating system right that you know what do you expect and it's like well i expect to live into my desires like you know so i'm filtering out anything that's not that and i think that's huge because if you are afflicted with a physical ailment your focus goes to that physical ailment versus well what's the what's the recovery from that what's the what's the potential to move on from that um <clears throat> my most recent ted talk it came out in february of um was it this year yeah uh, no it, yeah february of, of 22 so it was about a year ago just to, uh, at the time of this recording um proud of it it's got over a million views da 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 right the the focus of it is on perceptual bias and how uh, parallax perspective, which is a fancy term for look at things differently, can overcome perceptual bias. And right, you said, well, I didn't know what I don't know, right? And and that's perceptual bias. I don't know what I don't know. Most people don't think about. They actually flip that. The bias part is I only know what I know, right? And I'm willing to defend it because that's what I know. And so if you take it to, well, I don't know what I don't know, and you choose a parallax perspective, which is shifting the way you look at things, you're going to open to a whole new world. And that world is one of abundance and health and all that stuff. So, um, you know, pulling back the curtain a little bit on our process, like I found out you were into network marketing and my perceptual bias thing kicked in and I'm like, Oh, not this. Right. And uh, like, I, how could I possibly, and, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want a, a blatant network marketer on my show. Um, and the truth is there's much more to you than that. It is an inter integral part of your life and your recovery. Um, but that's not who you are. It's a part of who you are. Um, and it's, it's like, I'm, uh, I, I want to bring that up as like, that's awesome, right? That it's, there's a reason that it's there. There's a reason that you are who you are and, and that you're bringing this out. And it's not like, Hey, buy my stuff. It's more like, Hey, this is a process that sort of helped me. And, um, <laughs> you said big pharma wanted to shut it down. I have no idea. Um, so that's, that's interesting. What I want to do is to offer people the uh, the opportunity to connect with you, to learn more about ASEA, and more uh, more important or as important uh, because I who am I to judge levels of importance um, is <laughs> is your ebook that you're offering, which is mind con mind control. I'm going to say it in my in my radio voice. Mind control. It's all in your head, uh, right? So. Uh, Talk a little bit about that. Where can people reach you? Um, if there's anything that you were hoping I would ask that I didn't ask and you want to add a few lines about that, let's do it. Um, and all of that said, like, where, how do people find more about you and life and, and all you have to offer? I would say best place to connect with me is Instagram. Uh, I'm always posting on that platform, mostly around the concepts we talked about today, just to give little reminders and help everybody because life keeps happening <laughs> and we have to keep reminding ourselves, you know, to master our own mind. 
Uh, the link in my bio, you can get access to the ebook. It's a free download. Uh, I also have some yoga nidra recordings. So if you want to try the meditation yourself and, you know, they're, they're there for free for you guys to access, because I, I just want people to feel that peace and realize what's possible to touch it once. And then, you know, you develop your practice. And if you're interested in the redox signaling, there's information, you know, there as well uh, in my bio and, and please message me, let me know, you know, where, where you connected in, what resonated, if you've got questions, like I, I love, it's like the learning is in the doing and like, there's so much power in the questions and, you know, how do I take this concept that philosophically sounds good, but then in this situation, like I can't forgive this person because they did that to me and, you know, of course I'm angry. What do I do with that? That's where this really, like where the rubber hits the road. And uh, it's not easy guys, but it's so worth it. <laughs> and um, I have so much gratitude to you, uh, Dr. P, because yeah, it was, it was funny. Like the, the reaction to, oh, this is what you do. And like, I don't think I want you on here. Like, what's that going to look like? You're going to pitch things. And I just, I love that you were open and you, you recognized your bias and went, well, let me still stay open and have a conversation. And yeah. I don't know. I feel like it was really fruitful. I mean, I had a blast today on here and I'm really glad you're here. I'm really <laughs> glad you're here. And, you know, part of that is me modeling, you know, I don't just give lip service to it. I actually live that way. Like, okay, this is a bias that's showing up. What's beyond it. I don't know anything about you let me find out more right so and that's the that's the whole point is we make such quick decisions and judgment about people that's the reticular activating system that you know we carry that baggage with us it's up to us to to be deliberate about what are our thoughts what what do we want to be who do we want to be how do we want to move forward so yeah, of course I'm open. Um, and, and, you know, occasionally I'll catch myself not, um, more often than not these days, it's, uh, it's kind of like, well, I need to live into this. I need to step into this and learn more. Um, very good. So one, one question, it's a clarity question, like on Instagram, I'm Dr. Underscore Wayne underscore Purnell on Instagram. Like, I'm sure there are a lot of Danielle <laughs> Matthews, right? So. I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, there's underscores for me too. So yes, there's other Danielle Matthews. So it's my name with an underscore at the beginning, Danielle Matthews underscore at the end. And Oh, that's where you hide your underscores is beginning and end. All beginning right. and end is where you'll find mine. <laughs> All right. Underscore Danielle, two L's, right? D-A-N-I-E-L-L-E Matthews, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S underscore. You so underscore beginning underscore end. Perfect. That's, that's great. We will connect shortly um, <laughs> on IG. Uh, excellent. Thank you. I will put links in the show notes and um, really appreciate you being here. I appreciate all that you, you, you know, the insights you've offered, your story is terrific. Um, where your heading's amazing. And, uh, you know, I wish you amazing success on that. So oh, yeah, well, thank you so much. Me. Thanks for being open. And thanks for this conversation. I, um, I took nuggets away from the way you interpreted and kind of gave back. I, I really enjoyed that. So appreciate it. And I hope you guys listening found some value too. Yeah. Um, good. Well, it is my pleasure. So thank you. This is one sharp sword cutting through to what matters most, which is a deliberate act. Uh, my, my guest today was underscore Danielle Matthews underscore 
on Instagram, right? So under it's uh, it's Danielle Matthews. She's brought us so much insight and uh, opportunity for living a better life. I am Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Exponential Success Coach. Thanks for being here. We'll see you here next time. Thank you for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with your host, Dr. P, Dr. Wayne Purnell, the Breakthrough Success Coach and your powerful presence mentor.